Welcome back to another edition of the Daily Fantasy Dudes Podcast. Tom Gallon alongside Matt Van Every. Week 7 is upon us, and a lot of good value plays out there. I don't think you need to go too crazy looking for the high-priced players to fill in a solid, solid lineup going into the week. Let's get right to it. Starting off at the quarterback position, I'm liking Andrew Luck. Now, he's probably the highest-priced guy I'll go with. 7600 on DraftKings. He's 8900 on FanDuel and 41 on Yahoo. Playing New Orleans, and I think this is going to be a game where the ball's in the air, obviously, quite a bit. So if you're going with a high-priced QB, he's my guy. Saw enough of him against the Patriots on Monday that I think he's pretty much back. That shoulder problem seems to be something that isn't bothering him. Love having guys on Monday night, so it's very convenient that this week Carson Palmer plays against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night, a team he ought to be able to really put up some numbers against. 421 yards last week and a loss to Pittsburgh, but he just really couldn't find the end zone consistently enough. I don't see that being a big problem against the very weak Ravens defense. $6,700 on DraftKings is kind of in that mid-range, mid-to-upper range for the quarterbacks. And then, of course, Phillip Rivers going against the Raiders. Now, one thing in his history, at home, he hasn't had the big games against the Raiders. But, man, the guy has thrown the ball 48 and 65 times in the last two games. So you got to figure, at least 40-plus here. Very likely that Melvin Gordon, his running back, won't be available or at least will be dinged up meaning now you've got Danny Woodhead who just adds more to the passing game for Philip Rivers price at 6500 on DraftKings not a bad deal if you ask me what do you think Matt I love those picks as well Tom I really like Rivers Palmer and Andrew Luck however you know I really like Drew Brees this week Luck's counterpart in that game I think that's going to be a big shootout you know maybe not quite the uh, Rodgers Rivers matchup last week in Green Bay but I do believe it'll be a great matchup. With 10 days to prepare for Drew Brees, Football Outsiders rank the defense of the Colts the 26th against the pass, and I'm really expecting him to go off. I wouldn't be surprised a bit to see 350 yards, three touchdowns. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see that out of both quarterbacks. I expect a big day for uh, for all the offense in uh, in that game, New Orleans versus the Colts. Next up, I've got Cam Newton going home to face the Eagles after this big win in Seattle. Cam's playing like an MVP right now, and I think that I just kind of feel a love fest going home after this big win in Seattle, 0-5 leading up to this in his career. The fans are hyped. The team is hyped. You know, it's just a kind of a feel-good story all around in Carolina, and I think it's going to be a welcome home party and a, a crush fest against the Eagles. Finally, Ryan Tannehill. I really like Tannehill. I think he, uh, he finally got on track last week. I think the coaching change has invigorated him. And it's a change of pace that has been needed down there in South Florida. If he can limit the turnovers, that is the issue. And if the run game will continue to progress as it did last week with Lamar Miller showing up, I really like Tannehill's chances of showing up and uh, living up to the hype that he had preseason and that we both felt that he was uh, warranted. Since he didn't do it in the first, I do expect that he has a real good chance of getting it done in the second half of the season. Keep an eye on the situation in Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger. If he does not play and Landry Jones gets a start, I believe in Landry Jones. I know a lot of people think that it was an aberration. I do like him quite a bit, and he will be in several of my lineups if he does get the start. The locals and his teammates feel really good with him at the helm. You know, If he gets protection, he can make all the throws, and he's a smart guy. So if the pocket gets protected, then Landry Jones, I think, can have a great game against the Chiefs, whose uh, defense is not that great. They're kind of reeling. So keep an eye on Roethlisberger, though. You know, obviously, that's a touch and go situation depending on who starts and running back this is a, a really good week now obviously Devonte freeman is just tearing it up and he's going against new orleans i don't see why that trend will stop he is one of the pricier ones but he's delivered week in and week out so i would not be shy at all 
about playing Devontae Freeman, and you can definitely get him in because a guy like Todd Gurley, on most sites, especially on DraftKings, he's only 5000 which is a very good bargain for a guy that gets as much of the action as Gurley does. So Gurley, definitely a strong play, at least on DraftKings, a little pricier elsewhere. I look for this guy after his week off to come in and really go nuts against the Cleveland Browns defense. Also, Doug Martin has really shown that he's on the comeback trail. He's had two really solid games, 4900 on DraftKings, very good deal. Look for him to have a very good game against the Washington Redskins. Frank Gore will be playing against the Saints, and he's been showing that he's exactly what the Colts expected. One of those guys you can give 20-plus touches to. I expect that trend to continue in what should be a pretty wide-open game. A lot of scoring. He'll get the ball on the goal line, so a lot of opportunity there for Frank Gore. Lamar Miller playing against Houston. 4,600, very good deal. The new coach in Miami seems dedicated to the run. Had a great opening game last week. Let's see what he does this week as Lamar has been one of those guys that from one week to the next can kind of disappear. But I really feel like if they keep it focused on the run to kind of open up other things, that Lamar Miller is a great choice. I really like Chris Ivory matching up against the 29th ranked rush defense of the New England Patriots. Let me just add that when I talk about the rankings, I use the Football Outsiders rankings, which I really believe in. They do an an adjusted ranking, kind of similar to a, a total QBR versus passer rating. And they have the New England rush defense ranked 29th. I really like Ivory. He's a big guy. He is fast as can be. And I think that he's going to have a really good day against the Patriots. I also like Arian Foster. Foster is facing the Miami defense, which is 25th against the pass, 22 against the rush. And Foster is as much of a dual threat running back as there comes. And I really can see Foster having a great week this week. He, since coming back from injury, he has not had that big game yet. And I think this might be the spot where he gets it done. And then Latavius Murray, another guy speaking of dual threats. San Diego, similar situation, 30th against the rush and 25th against running backs catching the balls out of the backfield, which, you know, similar to Foster, Latavius Murray is definitely a dual threat running back. He'll get the catches. He'll get the rushes. I see him getting at least 15 touches rushing the ball, probably at least five plus targets passing. If that's the case, I look to him to make the most of it, probably a 150 plus combined yards day, probably see the end zone at least once. Beyond that, Mark Ingram down in New Orleans playing the Colts. I just like everything about that matchup from both sides, honestly. But I think Ingram is, you know, he's been a top five back for most of the season in PPR and and in standard. But uh, I really think that Ingram is is coming on. With Breeze being able to open up the passing offense, I think that really benefits Ingram. I like his chances of seeing some running lanes. He was definitely going to get the goal line touches, which of course is so crucial. And finally, Darren McFadden in Dallas. I know all the hypes on Christine Michael, and I'm hyped on him too. I picked him up actually last week in my Roto League, and I will have him in my lineup. However, I think McFadden could end up outscoring him in a complimentary role. He's taken on the role that Lance Dunbar has vacated with his injury. He's leading their backfield contenders in that running back by committee with 43% of the snaps, at least in the last game against New England. He also had nine receptions against New England, and I think that this is going to continue. It's not an aberration. It is a trend. You know, he's a fast guy out in space, makes a lot happen, and I can see Darren McFadden having a very good game. You know, I do like Devontae Freeman. Lamar Miller is a guy I like as well. And then Todd Gurley. Just to mention those, I'll let you have those, Tom, but I I do like those guys as well. Todd Gurley is probably everybody's pick of the week. Isn't that right? Oh, definitely. Gurley is just, he's a beast. So early on, we can see that from this rookie. 
He's going to be something special. He probably already is. Moving on to wide receiver, I've got Larry Fitzgerald as probably my favorite choice. Actually, it might even be a tie. Both Larry Fitzgerald and Steve Smith playing on Monday night in a game that I expect the ball will be in the air quite a bit. Smith is the better bargain and clearly the favorite target of Flacco in a game that I expect the Ravens will likely be behind and having to throw the ball a lot. And on Larry Fitzgerald, what can you say? The guy's as consistent as they get, potentially give you 30-plus points, and an excellent combo spot for him and Palmer. In Miami, I really like Rashard Matthews. He seems to have developed a rapport there with Tannehill and is on the field for nearly every snap and a real cheap bargain basement price, 4300 on DraftKings, 6400 on FanDuel, and only 21 on Yahoo. Jamison Crowder is another. Generally, I, I don't go with the Redskins, but if Deshaun Jackson misses this game, and it's kind of up in the air right now whether he will, Crowder has been very consistent, and the matchup is quite good. So $3,700, he's kind of a, a good cheap option you can go with if need be. And this is more of a gut feeling than anything, and he's a pricey guy, so you may or may not be able to get him into your lineups. I'm going to make sure I get him at least one, and that's Antonio Brown, who since Vic took over at quarterback has really seen his numbers come down because Vic is not a good quarterback. He's certainly not a good passing quarterback. Well, now this week he either gets the backup Landry Jones, who does look like a solid passing quarterback, or there's still the potential that Big Ben will be back. So I like that one because I think you're going to see that Antonio Brown's ownership levels are certainly going to be down. There's obviously guys like... DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, that everybody's gravitating to if they want that higher-priced receiver. Keep in mind Antonio Brown. I think this is a sneaky play for the week. Matt, what are you thinking on the receiver side of things? I really love Dante Moncrief. He's a number two receiver with T.Y. Hilton is the number one, but he is a stout number two. You know, a lot of offenses, he would be the number one guy. Definitely not a typical number two. And he's facing up with Brandon Browner, who ranks dead last amongst qualifying cornerbacks, defending the pass and defending his man. So I really think that Moncrief is set up for a big week. He is a high upside play. And then I love John Brown. Fitzgerald is is a guy that you cannot leave him alone. He's going to draw attention. He's going to draw double coverage. And again, you know, another guy who's a number two who, you know, he may not fit the mold as a number one, but boy, you know, if he's your number two, you're feeling really good about things because John Brown is just as consistent as they come. He's a really good emerging receiver. You know, he's gone over 100 yards three times this year including 196 last week with 10 catches that they're playing the Ravens. That in itself lends itself to a big passing game. And as I said, Fitzgerald is a guy that's got to be accounted for. So I think it's a great day for John Brown and his 15.1 yards per catch average. Jarvis Landry playing the Texans for the Dolphins. Their last game, he only had four receptions, which was down his lowest production of the year. They do have some other guys emerging down there. However, this week he battles with the slot cornerback of the Texans, rookie Kevin Johnson. I really like his odds to have a nice day, get some red zone looks. Plus, he's playing on 94% of their offensive snaps, which is a ton. You know, there's not a lot of guys in the league that get that sort of percentage out of the wide receiver position. And I believe he's going to get back to being the PPR stud he's been all year. And finally, you know, Stephon Diggs up in Minnesota. I'm buying in on the hype with this guy. He's got a great rapport with Teddy Bridgewater. And the Lions have the 29th ranked defense against the pass. There's just nobody that can cover him. And with his ability to get separation, he's drawn comparisons to Antonio Brown. And I think that 
it's a great matchup for him, and I am buying in big time on Stephon Diggs. And I want to give one outlier pick, too, my long shot, which is Devin Funches. I may be crazy, and I may live to regret this, but I do have him in a couple lineups because he's only $3,000. So you can throw him in as that last guy when you just have, you know, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. He only was in on 21 total snaps last game for the Panthers against the Seahawks. However, he led the wide receivers with six targets. He was second only to Greg Olson on the team. So 21 snaps, six targets. And I think they're trying to get him more and more involved. You know, he's a guy that they would love to see step up and take control of that wide receiver role and help them hide the loss of Kelvin Benjamin, which so far hasn't been much of a problem. All right, moving on to tight end. Not much going on in Kansas City other than Travis Kelsey. So with Macklin a question mark, he's still going through the concussion protocol, the last I heard as of Friday. So it could very well be that there isn't much for Alex Smith to throw to other than Travis Kelsey. Of course, you have Rob Gronkowski. Been down a few weeks in a row now, but these are the kind of games that he shines when it's really a a kind of a rivalry matchup. He's playing against the Jets. I think uh, we saw that Edelman last week is a little bit banged up. That finger is causing him to not be able to hold on to the ball the way he normally does. I would not be surprised at all if Gronk is the guy that gets a couple of touchdowns and some big reception numbers this week. I do not like that his price, at least on DraftKings, actually went up after last week. He's up to 8100 That is quite steep. So totally understand if you can't get him in. The other guy I really like, and the news over the course of the week seems to indicate that Antonio Gates may not play against the Raiders. Now everybody knows, oh, the Raiders have been getting burned by tight ends pretty much all year. But really, they've been burned by very specific tight ends, which is these big guys, but very athletic. And boy, Ladarius Green fits that to a T. And at 2900 on DraftKings, only 5100 on FanDuel. So Ladarius Green can really open up some salary elsewhere. And I think there's the potential for a very big game against the Raiders. Keep an eye on the status of Antonio Gates, because obviously that does affect his opportunities. But my gut feeling is the Chargers aren't going to risk having Antonio Gates play if he's not right. So Ladarius Green could be the guy that they go with. Matt, what are your thoughts at the tight end position this week? Another guy out of Carolina, Greg Olson. Uh, I think he's a, a great pick this week. Last year against the Eagles, he had six grabs for 119 yards. And coming off a big game in Seattle, going home to this, what I've described as a love fest, I think he's going to get in on it and uh, have a great day. I also like Delaney Walker playing the Atlanta defense who just got torched by Ben Watson. Mariota's out this week. Zach Mettenberger. I think the guy's smart enough to know that when in doubt, you know, you're the backup. Don't try and make miracles happen. Just throw to your security blanket. Throw to that big tight end and let him do his thing. Let him follow in Ben Watson's footsteps and see what he can do. The only hang-up could be if Doriel Green-Beckham gets involved, which I think there's a chance. The talk is that they are trying to get him more involved for the Tennessee offense. Although he's a wide receiver, he's very much a tight end type of player. And so that's the only hangup I have. However, I, I think he's a great value at 3,800. And then Gary Barnage against the Rams. You know, Ogletree is out for the Rams, which he's their guy who really excels in coverage against the tight ends. And so to me, Gary Barnage is as high of a floor play as there is outside of a Rob Gronkowski. And he's got a really nice value at 4,800. So Barnage is a guy I like. And then finally, Jason Witten, you know, he's going to get his targets, most likely get a touchdown in that game against the Giants. No matter who the quarterback is, they can rotate him in in Romo's absence, but they all know, they're all smart enough to know, check the ball down to Jason Witten. On defense, I like Atlanta to uh, make a bit of a statement after a terrible loss, looking bad on Thursday night a week ago against New Orleans. Tennessee going with their backup quarterback. 
I kind of think that Atlanta gets their defense rolling again in this one. They are a little bit pricey, so realistically, they're probably my third option of the three. The one I think is the best of the week, and I just really underpriced, especially on DraftKings, is St. Louis. Playing at home, they've had their week off going against Cleveland. $2,400, that is dirt cheap. And remember, you've got Tavon Austin on their special teams that could run one back. So really a lot of opportunity here for St. Louis. They tend to play much better at home. They're really tough on defense. That crowd gets into it. 2400 across the board, they would probably be my favorite pick on the defensive side. And then finally, Miami. I like what they're doing. They've certainly changed their look last week. Looked like they're a much more motivated team playing against Houston, a quarterback again, prone to turnovers. 2700 on DraftKings and 4800 on FanDuel. So kind of in that mid-range, I'd say uh, definitely St. Louis is my favorite. Miami, second, and probably Atlanta, based on their price, would be third. What are you thinking this week, Matt? I really like the Carolina defense. I'm all over Carolina this week. The Eagles and Bradford, man, they're just a turnover waiting to happen. And let me just say, I do think by the end of the year, they're going to get it together. I think there's just so many moving parts there, so many new players that it's, uh, it's tough for anybody to really get going, and they've definitely uh, had a tough time. But I think that they will by the end of the year, but not this week. The Panthers are going to exploit them. They are going to make a victim out of that Eagles offense, and I wouldn't be surprised to see four or five turnovers, which is music to my ears from a DFS standpoint. I also like the Steelers against the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs are a mess, and I think the Steelers are going to hold Macklin in check. Kelsey's the only guy that worries me, but you know, if he's the only guy that gets anything, it's like, don't let anyone else beat you. If Kelsey beat you a little bit, fine. However, they got to get Kelsey involved early. He has a tendency to let his mind wander if he's not involved from the start. So I'm not as worried about him as I might be in other situations. And then the Cardinals against the Ravens. The Ravens stink. The Cardinals defense is one of the best in the league. And that's just a no brainer play to me. Time now for the tip of the week segment. And my tip of the week is don't forget about players in the London games as they are often overlooked by the masses, especially when it isn't a marquee matchup. Now, in order to take advantage, you'll need to play in a Thursday contest on a site that allows late swaps, like DraftKings, since Sunday contests don't typically include the London game due to its very early start time. While you may have missed the boat for this week, there is still one more game in Week 8 between the Lions and the Chiefs that's very similar to this week's matchup between an injury-riddled Bills team and the Jaguars. Also banged up a bit. I'll be rolling with tight end Julius Thomas myself and possibly have exposure to running back LaShawn McCoy as well if I confirm that he's good to go before kickoff. I'll post their ownership levels as well as a few other players from that game on our Sunday AM updates on the website so you can get an idea as you look ahead to possibly using some in next week's games. I really think Julius Thomas, who's back, he seems to be healthy, he had a good game last week, I think he could be under 5% owned. So if that's the case, I think I've got a pretty solid tight end, very low ownership, could give me an opportunity in a GPP. And I can definitely see next week guys like Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, Travis Kelsey, and others at a much lower ownership rate than would usually be the case. My tip is, you know, when you're listening to us and other guys with podcasts and other analysis who write on a weekly basis, take all that information in and let them do the hard work for you in a lot of ways. Let them do some of the research, you know, process what they say, but then come to your own conclusions. You want to make your own picks. I've had the most success myself whenever I go with my own picks. I have this tendency to buy into what other people want to say. And when I'm able to break that 
trend, which is really when I started to have a breakthrough with DFS, when I was finally able to realize, you know what, I need to just trust myself. My game elevated and I started winning more and more dollars, which of course that's the point. So listen to what people have to say, but in the end, trust yourself, trust your own instincts and invest in yourself. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite provider. And if you do use iTunes, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review of the show. We love the feedback, and it helps us move up the podcast rankings. And don't forget to check us out at dailyfantasydudes.com for more news and tips each week. We'll have some of our final lineups posted there Sunday morning, about 30 to 45 minutes before the early games kick off, along with any late-breaking news and value picks. Hey dudes, don't forget to follow me on Twitter under at UFantasyDude. I'll always have links to the podcast in my Fantasy Hub blog articles posted there as soon as they become available, plus tips and more info throughout the week. And remember, when it comes to daily fantasy, have fun, win money, don't be ridiculous.